This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. Today, I'm ready to receive the incorruptible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. I'll never be the same again. Come on. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Now your best shout ever. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I work, receive for my work. Now I appeal to Eudodia and Syntyche, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then God of peace will be with you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jody. You may be seated. Thank you so much for being in the house today. It's a good day. Are you ready for Easter next week? All right, we're doing two services. We're adding chairs. We're going to pack it out. Come early. If you get here and there's no seats, we're going to have about nine in the baptism, and we'll already have water in there for you. So you don't even have to bathe. Uh, I look forward to next week. i got something brewing in my heart that's so uh, stirring to me, and I'm excited to share it with you. This wraps up on the screen, Truths of a Skeptic. It wraps up um, uh, ten weeks of this. But it wraps up a whole journey. I've tried as a shepherd of the house to be a good shepherd and to be as transparently honest as I could with the journey Robin and I have been on the last seven months of our life. Uh, when we got the call and she called me last August and gave me the news of what was going on and what the doctors found. And, uh, you know, it was a, an uphill thing for a long time, especially for her. Uh, to wrangle her thoughts and, and to really grab hold of faith that we knew we could do and then to get over that hill and now here she sits and praise God we're on the downward climb of finding some happy joy again and 
going on dates and enjoying their hairs coming back and we're, we're having to look at hairstyles now and <laughs> but uh, this is the truth of a skeptic and what I tried to do is not just preach sermons over the last seven months but I tried to just be transparent and let you into my life as I've tried to work all this stuff out it started with prayers of a skeptic because I really struggled with uh, why isn't God answering my prayer? Well, why isn't he doing what I'm asking him to do? And so I went through prayers of a skeptic and then we turned the corner in faith of a skeptic where I had the battle of, am I not believing hard enough? And what do I need to do? Is my faith not big enough? I thought it was the faith of a mustard seed could move mountains. Why is this mountain not moving? And I wrestled with faith and I tried to wrestle it out with you and and invite you into my wrestling and I hope you were blessed. And then we landed on just scriptures that have uh, befuddled my mind that I can't wrap my head around but I know it's true and so I bring myself back to it's just true whether I understand it or not and so I want to wrap up today this will be the final one uh, before Easter and uh, this is the scripture I felt that kind of brings us full circle I think it, it, it turns the whole corner it brings us back 365 degrees back home, back, back where we started with prayer. I can simply tell you this, as a, as a child of God trying to serve Jesus on planet earth, uh, I, know, I know we can religiousize and politicize prayer and we you know, have all the little neat prayers we pray before bed and before we eat, but there's something very supernatural about it. it it's, it's the communion of an earthly heart with a heavenly father. And sometimes I feel, maybe as you have felt, that your prayers never go beyond the ceiling. Maybe you feel they, they aren't even answered, but truly they are. There's not one thing you've ever prayed to the Father that He's not heard. You may not have seen the answer, but I guarantee you His ears have heard it. And uh, He's holding them for you. I, I wish He was the kind of Father that as soon as He prayed, they just bounced back off and went right back into my lap, right? <laughs> But I've learned over my years with him, he's not that kind of God. He often doesn't boomerang the prayer back. Sometimes I'm kind of convinced that Jesus holds it as a mediator for a while. And while I'm down here struggling, he's holding my prayer, interceding and mediating for me. He didn't forget about me. He's mediating for me. And sometimes I believe as he mediates, there's a heavenly battle going on. And I have to stay the course. I have to hold true. I have to... I have to, you know, what does Paul say? Fight. I have to fight. We'd hate to use that word, but I've got to fight for it because there is a war to hold back everything God would want. And he does, the devil does that through discouragement, through fears, through uh, hopelessness, depressions. You just feel like God doesn't love me. Where is he? Why did this happen to me? And so I felt in thinking about it this week, this was the best way to land the plane and all of us hopefully get off together and hopefully you've learned something that can increase your faith. And here's the scripture. I highlighted everything I wrestled with. So you can, you can tell I wrestled a lot, right? <laughs> uh, don't worry about anything. That was hard. It really was hard. It was hard when my sweet bride's eyes are filled with tears. She's laying in a bathtub crying. She has lists on Google a mile long of everything that could happen. Conversations about, I don't want to leave my children too young. 
I want to be around a long time. So when you hear that as a husband, and then you read, don't worry about anything, it's like, who are you kidding? You must not have ever walked on earth. And then I go, oh, God, he did. <laughs> he knows exactly how I feel. He knows exactly how I feel. I, I, can, I can feel Jesus in the garden. God, I don't want to go to the cross. God, I don't want to, if, if it's at all possible, man, let this thing just go from me. I can feel that. I mean, I, I have to believe that as I sit there and watch her cry and I try to be strong, like, oh, you know, I'm not going to let her know I'm a weak dude. But the don't worry about anything almost felt like a joke, like Paul wrote it and he just obviously wasn't thinking really. And then he said, to make it clear, he said, don't worry, but it's not, just, it's not just don't worry, like try to close your mind off and try to, you know, get in a mantra, you know, just to forget. It's not that, because he said, instead, pray. And I had to learn in these times. I had to learn when I felt hopeless. I had to learn when I was hearing her cry in the early few weeks. I, I had to stir myself out of worry. I had to stir myself to go to the Father. I had to stir myself to shut myself down. I had to stir myself to get out of some bad habits of wasting time. I had to stir myself to get in the green word and pray. And, and in some of that, I, I, even, I even wondered that, that phrase, uh, it, tell God what you need. I'll tell you, he has got a wall full of that from me. I need this, God, I need that, I need to do this for the girls, I need this for Robin, I need this for that, I need this for this, I need this for that. And then she downloads to me, oh, you're in charge of insurance. Oh, now i got to go back to the yellow again. Don't worry about anything. Oh, I thought I'd overcome the yellow, and now I've got insurance to deal with. How in God's name we're going to pay for a $250,000 surgery? Don't worry about anything. And so I pray again, and I get through that moment, and then she gets through the surgery. I'm feeling more peaceful, and, and all of a sudden she gets, has to go see the oncologist, and they say, well, we think you need to be on chemo. Oh, God, I'm back in the yellow again. You ever felt like you never get out of the yellow? It's like, my God, I'd like at least a week I don't have to live in the yellow. Just a week. Give me seven days, God, to give a brother a break. You know, and it's just like the, over the last seven months, it's like a boomerang. It's prayer. Go back, worry a little more. Go back and pray it through. Go back and worry. Go back and pray and tell God what you need. Go back, pray again. You know, and it's almost like if we're not careful, this becomes the uh, experience of 90% of God's people. It's just life hits you, worry, ah, pray, 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 pray. God, I need, I need, I need. It's like, okay, whoo. And then all of a sudden, bam, it hits you again. And then it says this, because this is where I was failing. I was weak at this area. Because when you're worried and when you're anxious and when you're nervous and when you're scared and when you have thoughts you're going to have to live without a bride and you got to stir your mind. You got to, in that phrase, and I thank him for all he's done. Oh, glory to God. Man, do you know the moment you open your mouth and say, I thank God, and you start being thankful, your entire environment shifts. Everything around you shifts. 
every demonic demon of hell just closes their ears like, I cannot fight this fight with this man. The moment you become thankful, you put a barrier up for every devil of hell that would ever want to invade you with fear again. And I know that sounds weird. I know that may, that may sound a little uh, you know, psychologically spooky. But there is something supernatural about opening your mouth and going, God of heaven, let me thank you for all you've done. And I tell you, now that to me, you know, to me, that to me is a sign of a mature Christian. When you're in the middle of hell and you can turn around and go, let me just thank God for what he's done. Oh, he's not doing anything right now. He's silent right now. He's not answering my prayer right now. I don't have any peace right now. So let me get out of right now and let me go back to last year. And let me go back 10 years. And let me go back 15 years. And let me go back 20 years. And let me find moments in my life where God invade my life. And now let me shut my mouth about the moment at hand. And let me be thankful about my past. And I'll tell you, it brought me some supernatural calm. And I drink a lot of coffee. It'd be hard to get me calm. Supernatural calm when you look back over the last 30 years, 40 years of your life. And you start going, God, I thank you I'm still alive. I'm thanking you gave me a bride. I'm thank you that I got four daughters that serve you. I'm thankful for the German shepherd that destroys my home. I'm thankful, thankful, God. I'm thankful, I'm thankful. Just do it right now. Just tell God you're thankful. Just come on, just say, God, I'm thankful. I'm thankful, God. Oh, something happens when you stir yourself in thankfulness. Something happens when you get out of your mess and you get out of the moment of your hell and you get out of the anxiety and you step into yesterday, you step into last month, and maybe, you, maybe you're not too skilled at this. But I'm telling you, there's something powerful when you become skilled about your past. Most people aren't skilled about their past. They're victimized by it. They're, you know, they, they get stuck in it. This person hurt me, that person, this, this life thing, this, this, this. But in that past we all have, in that victimized past, if you will be a skilled Christian, in those moments you can pick out where God showed up and you can be thankful. You can find that moment where God invaded. It may only be one moment, and that's all you need, just one. You may say, I don't have a myriad of those things, Mark. It's okay, get one of them. If you're here today, be thankful. Probably don't even deserve to be here, but his mercy left us here. He's a good father. He's kind-hearted. And then verse 7. Oh, man, it took a long time. A long time. You'll experience peace. Oh, and when you do, when it just settles, you don't have one bit of proof But it settles. And you're looking at all the things that could go wrong. And you're not even moved. You're looking at all the things that can happen on chemo. And you're not even batting an eye. Your blood pressure doesn't even go up. As soon as it's all over, we look at each other and go, Want to go get some ribs at Houston? A man that's worried doesn't want to go eat ribs at Houston. He's in the bathroom. Scared. 
crying, intestines messed up. But when you experience peace, now here's the beauty of peace. It comes before the answer. If you think peace comes after the answer, you have missed what this is about. The world can have peace after the answer. They don't even need God. They don't need His help. If they just grit their teeth long enough, hold on long enough, read enough books, go to enough psychologists, psychiatrists, get enough help from people, enough money, they can hold out and, and get through the battle and then they have peace. And they go drink a few and kick back a few and, and enjoy life. That's the world. And they can do that. You don't even need God to get through battles. You can do it without Him. But oh, when He's in your life, you have peace before the battle's over. That's unexplainable. <laughs> that is an unexplainable moment that you could be at peace in the middle of a cancer storm. That you could be at peace in the middle of a divorce. That before you have God answer the prayer where you've told Him all you need and He's not even batted an eye, He's not even breathed a breath, He has not even hiccuped in your direction. And yet, you still have peace. You have peace because you know you've prayed. You have peace because you know He listens. And then this is what I want to talk about today in a, for a few moments. Which it says, go back. Which exceeds anything. And in this word, we can understand. Because this one was my hydrogen bomb. I'm obsessed with understanding things. I do better when I understand things. I do not like somebody to give me a riddle that I cannot figure out. I will obsess over it until I figure it out. I like things to work. I like A to equal B and B to go to C. I enjoy that. I like my tea full, not empty. I like to understand life. If you're going through a divorce, I want to understand why. You're sick, I want to understand why. You're in a trouble, I'd like to understand why. Understanding helps me. This is weird. I don't mean it prideful. I think it's true for all of us. Understanding gives us power. When we understand something, we, we have power. We feel like we can move forward when we understand. We're not stuck. And so this understanding was the thing that was flipping me. Because I can't understand why two people who are serving you passionately now feel like you've turned your back on us. Because you're a good God who heals, I'd like to know why sickness came. And if you tell me the devil, I'm going to say no because he's defeated. I mean, I'm wrestling with this stuff. I'm trying to understand it all. Was it us? Was it her? Was it me? Was there an open door? Was it a devil? I need to understand God. I, my, my psyche, my, my mind needs to figure this out. Was it genetics? Tell me, God. If you'll tell me the understanding, it'll help a brother. 
And that's where I want to land the plane today. Here's the question. What do I do when I've done everything I know to do and still nothing's working? Because I want to understand why it's not working. They told me to pray, I did, nothing happened. They told me to let elders lay hands on me, I did, nothing happened. They told me if I would take communion, it would happen, nothing happened. I've done everything I know to do. I'd like to understand why nothing's happening. I'm going to share with you a prayer. You may not want to come here afterwards because it's, <laughs> it, feels, it feels like a really weak prayer. But I prayed it. Here it is. God, I've done everything I know to do. <laughs> Help me understand why you aren't helping me. I mean, I knew he was helping me because I knew enough scripture. <laughs> but I didn't feel like he was helping me. I knew he was there because he tells me he's there. But I didn't feel like he was there. I would hear her laying beside me at night. I'm a real light sleeper. Like a mosquito's in the room, I'm awake. That's, that's not even a joke. That is absolutely true. I would wake up to my sweet bride. This is like week one and two, so she's still processing the battle. She hasn't got her faith pole in the ground yet, so she's still wrestling like me. And I would wake up, and I would hear her over there going, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I'd lay in bed thinking, God, I've done everything I know to do. Help me understand why you're not helping her. Why is she in a bathtub feeling alone? Why does she, I'm sure she feels abandoned by you. I, I kind of feel like maybe you abandoned our family. I've given everything I've got for you. I would die for you. Help me understand why you're not helping me. In this scripture came to mind. Those of you that know me well, I'm a Genesis nut. So when I, when I get stuck, this is honest truth, when I get stuck and I can't understand, I always go back to Genesis and try to understand from the beginning. Because a lot of the reasons we don't understand now is we're too far removed from the beginning and our lives are muddied and we have too much history and past, you know, and religion. So I always go back to Genesis and I just try to start over with could I understand it from a Genesis perspective instead of mine? And I land on this scripture, Genesis 2, 15 through 17. And the Lord God, you would know it if you're a Christian. It's the story of Adam and Eve. Uh, the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden and he, to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, and I highlighted the two words that stuck out to me. You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you'll die. And in that moment, I gained some understanding. The understanding was this wrestling of these colored words that you may freely accept. Because if there's an accept, then am I really free? Because I don't get it. Either I'm really free, but if you have an exception to the rule, then maybe I'm not free. And so this was the beginning of God. God said, man, you're free. You're just supernatural. You're free, 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 free. Oh, wait a minute. Accept this. I just have one thing for you. 
I just don't need you to eat that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Stay away from it. Don't question it. Don't ask me. Just trust me. No real insight from God, like what kind of fruit was it? Was it green? Was it red? We say it was an apple. That's how religious we are. God doesn't say anything about it. He doesn't tell us if it's a tall tree, if it has one piece of fruit or thousands, or does it look like other trees so you could be mistaken and accidentally eat it. He doesn't even tell us. He just says, identifies the tree and says, don't eat it. Assumingly in that moment, there's not even a question in Adam to please explain other than I'll die. Why that tree? Why couldn't I eat the tree? I know you said I'd die, but really, let's chat a minute. And then this rose up in my heart. Understanding is learning to trust the exception to the rule. So remember, I'm, 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 hunt, I'm hunting for understanding. Tell me why. I want to know why. I, w- I want to fix it. I'm a fixer. I, I'm a helper. I need, I need to see what's broken so I can help fix it. That's my personality. I'm good at that. I like helping people fix things. But this, I can't fix it. This is unfixable by me. I I was even like nervous. Like I don't know how to help her because I'm such a helper that, but I can't. It's out of my hands. I can't take it from her like the green mile. I can't just and take it out of her. I don't have that ability. I just have to fight alongside of her. And this popped in my heart. Understanding is learning to trust the exception to the rule. Then I I naturally ask, then what's the rule? Here's the rule. You're free, yet you're not going to understand everything. That's the rule. That was rule number one with Adam and Eve. You're free. Don't eat the tree. Oh, what I mean is... You're not going to understand everything. I'm going to hold that tree for myself because it's none of your business. It's my tree. And I'm not obligated as the creator to tell you everything I know. Some things I just hold in my hand because I'm God and that's the way I'm going to do it. So go live your life. And as you live your life, Mark, Understand, I'm not obligated to tell you everything. That's the rule. And we feel as humans, God owes us to tell us everything. Why, 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 why? And now I'm learning there was an aspect in the beginning of humanity where God wanted humans to know the rule is this. You are free. Except this, I hold the knowledge to everything and I don't have to share it with you. So then that led me to, well, that's not a fun way to live. To us that are obsessed to understand everything. Have you ever found yourself there? In a spot where you want to understand what's going on and nothing is being revealed to you. That's why habits and addictions come into play. 
When we, we hit a wall we can't understand, we go to what we can understand. The bottle, the pill, the pouting, the addictions, the habits. We run to our happy places because I can understand that level. That's on my level. I can understand when I'm tormented how to kick back a whiskey and take the edge off. I can understand that. I can understand how to smoke a little hit on a weed to calm me down. I understand that. It helps me. I don't know why my marriage is so broken, but I understand when she's mad, I just go to the other room. I have understanding. But nothing's being remedied. The bottle just gets bigger. The time in the room gets longer. But nothing is fixed. And so God in the beginning establishes the knowledge. Here's the tree. He named it the knowledge of good and evil. He possesses that. He holds it to himself. And that exception to the rule, I'm not going to know anything, took me down one more rabbit hole, and this is what I came out with. Here's the exception. Mark, you're free, yet you're not going to understand everything, so you're going to be required to trust me. No, I don't want that word. Trust means I'm going to have to trust him when I don't understand it all. I want to understand it and then I'll trust you. And the way it goes in the Garden of Eden before we muddied it as humans was this was the Garden of Eden. You're free. You're not going to understand everything. So trust me. We get, I'll show you how dumb we are. We got one chapter in and we broke the exception to the rule. I don't want to trust him. I want to know everything. <laughs> Hand me that piece of fruit. Why? Because I want to be just like God. What was she saying? I want to control the ability to know and understand everything. <laughs> and for 6,000 years from mama and daddy, we have been obsessed to understand everything. It's why Google and Wikipedia and WebMD are just frolicked with millions of visitors. Why YouTube is so powerful. I have to understand how to change the back brakes on my 2000 Kia Soul. <laughs> Type it in. Understanding. And if you ever, this is just my thought, have you ever watched how frustrated you get when the video is not fitting your reality. And you keep rewinding like he says it's right here. My car doesn't have that. He said my car would have a V with Mark says I got no V on mine. Right? And you want to watch a human melt down. A human will melt down when reality doesn't match understanding. And then if you really want to know, you're going to get to the last six minutes of the video. And you're like, I'm home. And all of a sudden, he breaks out the one tool you need. And you don't have the tool. And now you got to go to Home Depot to buy the dad blame tool. It's going to take you two more hours. So don't tell me when we're in a place to want to understand and it's not going your way. We don't freak out. And when we do, we handle it differently. 
And so most Christians live by exiting the third line. I want to understand so much I don't ever have to trust Him. I want to know everything there is to know. I want to know why my marriage is broken. I want to know. I want to know why my kid died. I want to know why my wife died. I want to know why I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to. And sometimes God's just up in heaven going, Mark, man, appreciate how passionate you are to be me. But not today, boy. Today, I need you to shut up and trust me. I have your wife. I have your children. They're mine. They're not yours. So why don't you quit worrying, boy, and quit trying to figure out what's going on, and why don't you go to bed and trust me? Oh, that is hard. (laughs) That is hard. When God asks a human being to stop trying to understand it and just trust me. Everything in you will go kicking and screaming. And that's where I found myself these last two months. I, I think, I hope, I haven't talked with her about this. I think, I hope to my ch- ch- child Victoria Kate. I hope they could say over the last several months they've seen their daddy go into the I'm required to distrust God. That's what I have to do. I don't know what Google says, but I'm going to trust the Lord. I remember for me when it happened because I texted her and said, Honey, I feel like in my heart we just need to get off Google and let's just trust the Lord. It was confirmed when the doctor said, Honey, why do you keep going to Google? Get off Google. I was like, That must be God. (laughs) Let me give you a scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. But what does he really mean? He means stop depending on your own understanding. This is Genesis chapter 2 fleshed out. Trust me and quit trying to understand everything. Seek me and I'll show you what you need to do. And watch, this just stings everybody. Stop being impressed with how smart you are. There's going to come a place, there's no YouTube video for this one. There's there's no more whiskey for this one. You're at a level where your whiskey bottle ends, where YouTube ends. There is no answer but to shut your own wisdom up and trust me. Trust me. Oh, man, and that is hard. That's why I put it in red for myself to remind me. Don't be impressed. I like to impress myself with how I can fix problems. I like to impress myself. This is really weird. I mean, this is just weird. I'm weird. I like to impress God so much he doesn't even feel like he needs to help me. Like, I'm just, I'm so good down here, man. I read your Bible every day. You need me, you call me. Right? I mean, just like, Argh. and I have to remind myself, I got to quit being so impressed. With myself and you, oh yeah, just life, right? Young people, I put it in red because young people don't get it. All the people over 50 saw it, the first thing they saw was red. Oh, oh yeah, true, yeah. I've been there, done that. 
And then this scripture popped up. If Paul, I pray that you will understand. But now he tells me what I need to understand, not my problem. I don't need to understand how to fix it. I don't need another YouTube. I pray that you understand. Oh, God, this is good. The incredible greatness of God's power. That is what you need to understand, Mark. The incredible greatness of my power. Quit trying to figure it out and just understand how powerful I am. And when you do, for us who believe, watch, this gets, woo! It is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. It is Holy Spirit power. And then I had a moment, a come-to-Jesus moment in the middle of the mess. A come-to-Jesus moment. And the come-to-Jesus moment I had was, Oh God, I don't have to understand everything. I just have to trust that the Holy Spirit knows what He's doing. That's all I got to do. I got to trust that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, God, is, is in me. And then the scripture in Luke 24 just blew up in my mind as I watched our Savior on the cross, breathing his last, giving it up, feeling as if Yahweh had turned his back on him. And I'm like, he does know how I feel. He said the words, why did you forsake me? Oh God, the Son of God knows how I feel. I mean, he knows, he knows what it feels like to... Have the Father just not even respond. He knows what it feels like that his prayers are just hitting a dark wall. He knows what it feels like to be ravaged with pain, but you can't, un you can't do anything about it. You're in a hopeless situation. You, even when they're screaming, save yourself, save yourself. Come down and save me. He said, I can call down thousands and myriads of angels. But he doesn't do it. He gets out of his understanding. He gets out of wanting to fix it. And this is his last sayings on the cross. And Jesus shouted. I love that. It wasn't a, Father. I can only, I just kind of put myself in the picture of a, of a carpenter bled out. Beaten so bad, Isaiah the prophet says you couldn't even recognize him. His own mother couldn't recognize him. The flesh was so ripped off his body. And the Son of God is laying there in all of His torment and pain with, with your sins on His back, with your non-understandings on His back, with all your questions on His back, with all your reasonings on His back. And He, and he shouts out, Father! I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, and in that moment, he gave himself over to the power of the Spirit. Because the one thing the Son of God could not do was raise himself from the dead. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God in flesh, came to a point where he could not do something. And that's raise himself from the dead. He had to entrust it to the Father. And when he entrusted it to the Father, there was about a three-day window of, I'm sure, Mother, why? Peter, James, and John, why? 
Help us understand the last three days, the last three years. Help us understand. We left everything for this carpenter. We thought he was going to set up a kingdom. Help us understand. Help us understand. I know how they felt now. I know how they felt when they're trying to understand where their Savior went, where they're trying to understand where all their dreams and hopes went, down the tubes in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And yet all of a sudden, because Jesus, the Son of God, gave us a great uh, object lesson of what to do when you don't understand, three days later, the God of all power showed up. Joy to God. I don't even know how that happened. I don't know. It's a miracle. We celebrate it next week. It's a miracle. But it's that dark window of time. It's that three days of where is he? It's that why me, God? I don't understand God. In that dark time to get from here to here, from I don't understand to great power. There's one thing that fits in that gap and one thing only. And I'm trying to help you because I have ravaged my brain to find something different. And I cannot. Between the I don't understand and I need to, God, where are you? And the oh, the incredible greatness of his power in the land of darkness, in the land of failed hopes and dreams, in the land of bad news, in the land of chemo, in the land of I didn't want to go through this garbage. In that land is one word, trust. I just have to trust him. I, he doesn't have to tell me a thing. I just trust him. I don't have to have an answer. I just trust him. And when you get there, let's go back to the beginning. Here's the final scripture. Now, you don't worry about anything. <laughs> you have overwhelming peace. And it's still dark. You still don't understand. And you're, you're almost to the point of being cocky. You're almost to like you even question. I don't even know why I feel so good. I don't know why I feel so contented. She's hooked up. she got tubes coming out everywhere. Oh, I just feel good. I just know he's got us. I just know God's going to come through. How do you know? I don't know. I just know. Well, what verse did you land on? I don't even have a verse in this. I just trust him. All my verses ended here. All my YouTube videos and books stopped right here. I just entered into a land of, I ain't got a clue. But I'm at peace. And that was my journey over the last seven months. Oh, man, I, I tell you, when you find that experience of peace beyond understanding, oh, man, there's nothing better. Your marriage is still broken, but you're smiling. The doctors are still giving you bad news, but ah, it doesn't matter. I'm going to experience the greatness of God's power. I, I don't expect anything less. Oh, there just comes such an overwhelming sense of peace. Here's the conclusion. I tried to sum it all up for you. Seven months. This is seven months of Mark's understanding. The understanding you need when you don't understand everything is this. A thankful heart that prays anyway 
will experience God's peace. And that's a guarantee that can always be trusted. A thankful heart that'll just pray anyway will always experience peace. I don't know how, but I just know. Let me pray for you. Thank you so much for joining us on the Believer's Church YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Believer's Church, you can visit mybelieverschurch.com. If there is anything that you need prayer for, please email us at amen at mybelieverschurch.com. Be sure to check back next week for a brand new message.